Christmas as we enter the 213th week of lockdown. A grim new reality emerges. COVID-23 has mutated. Beginning thermal scan. Thermal scan normal. A horrifying new development new today. New data confirms the virus attacks the brain tissue. Hello and welcome to the Panacea Concept. So that tone-deaf intro is actually from, uh, not really courtesy of, but uh, from Songbird, the movie that is the, uh, I think I spoke about it, I don't know how many episodes ago, but that is a movie that was written, directed, produced, acted, filmed, edited, all while the uh, lockdown is supposedly going on. It doesn't seem to apply to actors and Hollywood though, uh, because they have to make a movie uh, about the uh, fictional, about the possibility of uh, this COVID uh, fake pandemic situation lasting four to five years, um, and uh, sure enough, they did do all that. And it has, I mean, just just look at the trailer. Um, it's awful. It has a tons ton of uh, thumbs downs, and dislikes on YouTube, tons of comments too from people who seem to be awake and uh, realizing that this is all just a plan. This is all a psychological warfare on the 99.9% uh, .9 of the population of the U of the U of not of the US of the world um, and and yeah very disgusting anyway uh, so moving on so this is a update and I title this episode uh, mad world update er I think it's pronounced er er something I mean it's er anyway uh, the the sounds I'm making is not gibberish it's actually Mandarin, so uh, I, I enjoy learning languages, and I thought it would be really appropriate to number the second Mad World update. I believe it's the second one. I'll have to uh, triple check. But um, uh, the Mandarin number uh, two. So that is the symbol. That is the my m most likely butchered pronunciation of the number two, which is er. It's kind of, it's, uh, I was told it was a forceful, a forceful sound. Anyway, so today we have a lot of updates. So many things happened between uh, weeks, and uh, and so these are my highlights that I would like to share with you. So uh, I I didn't just play that intro for no reason, uh, for zero reason whatsoever. No, I actually uh, played it because they are now saying that the CCP virus or the uh, Wuhan virus or the Corona of uh, coronavirus nineteen or SARS-CoV-2, whatever you want to name it, has 4,000 variants. Uh, that link is down below. I do have uh, possibly way too many links to share with you, so I do want to recommend my Panacea Concept Telegram channel where I share a lot of this information. Uh, the Telegram seems to be a, a app where a lot of people have migrated to because it's not really censored. You're subscribing to things that you want to see individually. There's no news feed. It's whatever you want to look at. Uh, and I'm sure the, this doesn't make uh, Facebook happy, but uh, it seems like a better social platform uh, that, that's a little bit protected uh, as of right now. So uh, Telegram, uh, I recommend it. I do have a channel and uh, a lot of good people have channels. So check that out because Way too many links to share in the show notes. Um, they have a limit to characters uh, that I can share, but I will share uh, some of the big ones in the show notes. So uh, 4,000 variants. Well, who, I mean, to, to not to sound too similar to uh, Cuomo over in New York, but who cares? Uh, who cares if, it, if there's this many mutations? It, does it affect anything? Nah, most likely not. Some scientists say it's just only a few variants could really affect things, but the uh, but I say uh, the virus isn't really much of a pandemic. It's a plandemic. Uh, they're not actually using the, all the science available to help people. It's more about uh, causing fear and panic, so that more and more rights are freely given up without a fight, so that these people can remake the world as they see fit with the Great Reset um, and or the Build Back Better or whatever. Uh, catchphrase they want to use, but it's nothing to do. Uh, they, this is just a scare tactic. Do I believe there's 4,000 variants that they found? Uh, no, I, I feel like the qualification for a variant is any coronavirus family virus 
qualifies as a variant. I mean, it doesn't. It, it's uh, it's a it's a very common uh, str or family of viruses. So to say there's four thousand of them. I mean, um, I think a week or two ago there was only four or two or three. You know, there was the Brazilian variant, the UK variant, the whatever variant. Who cares? Because they're not actually using the protocols to help people what they're doing is just trying to scare people so i believe this is another manipulation even though the epic times does report it it is a newspaper um it is it is the news so i think it, it doesn't quite it, it reports everything it doesn't report uh, the things that i think uh are worthy of reporting it reports everything so it has a low bar for what it will report uh, and, but it does. It is one of the better newspapers that I like. Uh, the Epic Times uh, is E P O C H, uh, and yeah, so four thousand variants, a uh, load of garbage. Australia variant, blah blah blah. I mean, they even I even saw a headline that said one positive case was detected in. Um, I always forget the name. New Zealand, I believe it's New Zealand. Uh, and then they, they the rulers over there decided to shut everything down. This is just a game that they're planning on, on playing for possibly four or five years. Keep that in mind. I don't think it's going to last that long because of the news that I'm going to uh, share with you in this episode. I don't think they're going to be able to trick people for four or five years. They've tricked people for one uh, year, but more and more people keep waking up and realizing it's garbage. You know, fatigue sets in, so they come up with all these story ideas to uh, keep up the, the fear level, but at a certain point, people are gonna be like, you know what, I've been around for about two, I mean, hopefully it doesn't last two years, but maybe they'll say in two years, you know, I've been around for two years, I haven't, uh, you know, it seems like I'm a mutant, I'm not, I'm not having any issues, I surely would have caught it by now since there's 10 million cases in the US or whatever, pretend number that they want to uh, promote there. So some good news is Cuomo, uh, is get, being investigated, I believe, the yes, the Attorney General, I believe New York's Attorney General, filed a report uh, showing that the uh, governor hid uh, a lot of nursing home debts in New York. How much, you say? Uh, I believe about 50%. So it's actually supposed to be 50% higher, and when confronted with this, he says, who cares? They died. Whatever. Move on. You know, uh, rarely callous, disgusting. This is a disgusting human being. I, I don't have a problem saying with that, saying that because this guy has nothing. He, he causes death, and then and then that's his response. He, he's just an actor. I mean, he won an Emmy for uh, you know doing morning briefings. He's an he's an actor. All these politicians are basically um, actors who who just whoever pulls the puppet string, whoever's the director, tells them what to do. And then they say it. I mean, that's why these Cuomo and, and uh, Gavin Newsom uh, did a complete 180 a week or so after uh, Biden sits down, presumably in the Oval Office. So they completely do a 180 after saying, nothing, you know, nothing is safe. We need to stay closed. We need to save lives. One life is too many. And then uh, they'll do a, a 180. All the numbers that they were looking at and showing the public are higher than they've ever been uh, in some cases. And then they say, you know what, let's open. There's not going to be uh, anything to reopen if we don't reopen right away. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad that so many people are being tricked by this. It's only because people want to believe the lie. They want to believe that their government isn't trying to kill them. But the reality is that the government's been trying to kill you for a very long time, and you're still here. So, that, I mean, that says something. These guys are weak. I think uh, I think we'll be fine. We just have to arm ourselves with knowledge, share the knowledge, uh, protect ourselves, and uh, and grow our community, which is another uh, reason why definitely to, to uh, join communities you feel inclined to join. Like there's a bunch on Telegram. Uh, there's SayRG uh, has I don't know how many different groups and how, how many different uh, social medias, but but yeah, there's a lot of like-minded people. It just seems like there isn't, uh, like there's not too many of us around. But we're we're here. We're here. I mean, you're here listening to this, so uh, it's it's not an isolated incident. It, all these uh, independent channels are growing so much more lately because people sense the bull, uh, almost curse. Maybe I'll just curse and bleep it out in in editing. I don't know. Anyway, 
you let me know if you would be okay with that. Anyway, so family show. I think bleeping still uh, counts as a family show. Anyway, so uh, next up, so Cuomo's a douche. Uh, oh, Oh, well, too late. Um, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm going to keep that in the episode. Um, next up is the Burma. Is it Burma? Yes, Burma or Myanmar. Uh, so very interesting. Some uh, Telegram groups pointed this out uh, to the channel, and I looked into it, and I was... Okay, so here's the perspective, the official, more conservative perspective on Burma or Myanmar's election that happened in November when the U.S. was having their election, their fake election. Uh, so it turns out that the military uh, said that the election was rigged and they found enough evidence, I, I suppose, and the military, instead of letting uh, the rigged puppet, um, what supposedly alleged uh, puppet um, ruler take their seat, they actually did a coup and uh, took that uh, fake elected official, what is her name? Sue Kiai? Sue Ki? Ki? I don't know how to pronounce it. K-Y-I. Was, yes, and she's been arrested before too. And what was pointed out on Telegram so right, the official U.S. stance is that this is a coup, uh, this is horrible, we're going to sanction Burma, or their, I believe their new name is Myanmar, I'm not sure which one's the official name, but I'm pretty sure it's Myanmar. Uh, so we're going to sanction Myanmar because you did a military coup, how dare you? And, um, and so that's the official one. So that's what the Biden, the Biden uh, fake administration said. I mean, talk about throwing stones in a glass house, right? <laughs> Biden, uh, not you know, trying to stick up for someone who's accused of doing a, a fake election. But uh, but anyway, so who knows? Uh, we're, I don't know when we're going to find out this information. I don't live in Myanmar. I hope that people are okay. I hope the military did justly uh, prevent a a puppet leader from being installed in their country, and it was it was going to be the their first democratic election, and sure enough, um, the winner is friends, and this was pointed out to me from Telegram, and they have a bunch of pictures of the, the puppet person um, with Obama and Clinton and George Soros. They had a few pictures with her, so she's met a lot of the uh, big uh, swampy, what do you call it, um, Man, I've said this word a million times, but uh, deep state, yes, the deep states, the uh, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them. She's been good friends with them for a while, and now she's arrested by the military, and they accuse her of rigging an election, or at least being part of the rigging of the election. So maybe, so this is the idea that people are throwing out. I think it's worth discussing because this sounds very familiar to what happened in, in the United States with all the uh, election fraud that like is clear as day. A lot of people, I believe the last poll was somewhere close to 40% of the U.S. actually still believes that there were there was a, um, issues with the last election and that they needed to do some investigation, but they didn't want to do any investigation, which throws up even more red flags. I mean, if you have nothing to hide, this is what they say to us all the time. Why do you need privacy if you have nothing to hide? Well, why does, this, why does our government need privacy about their election if they have nothing to hide? Why are we the ones that have to give up all our freedom, all our uh, privacy, all our rights for, for uh, supposed protection uh, to the government, why do we have to give that up when the government can't be transparent whatsoever? Because that would, you know, that's that's I don't know what they're they're gonna say. Probably racism. That's the usual uh, the, the usual bell they like to ring when anyone tries to to bring up legitimate points. It's racism. It's violence. Conspiracy theory. Russia um, and homophobic uh, white supremacist. Like that. This is the, these are the names they just throw out uh, in whatever order. It is throw them all out at the same time, uh, whatever will distract the um, the best. So um, so yeah, so great. So Myanmar did a great job. Is that going to happen here in the U.S.? 
Will Biden be arrested for election fraud? Will Kamala Harris also be arrested? Will all these people, I mean, if they arrested the people that are dirtiest, then we would have, I don't know, 20% less government officials. And I'm okay with that. I think the country would be fine running without these people. It might be better, you know? I think less government, the better. Get out of our way. Let us run our own lives. And, uh, and you, you know, do like the little bit that government should do. They should stay out of our way. That's what I believe now. And, uh, and I think it makes more sense because if you have an empowered uh, empowerment mentality around your life, around yourself, then you're not going to want help. You know, you're going to say like, just let me do my thing. I, I've got it. I know that I am smart enough. I'm capable uh, I, I need only a little bit of support, and the, the little bit of support I need from you, the government, is to pave the roads, um, you know, provide for the, the police, you know, handle the police situation, the fire department, um, stuff like that. But otherwise, stay as far away from me, keep your needles away from me. I don't need your uh, mandated, insane mRNA vaccines, which, by the way, if you're, if you're in for a laugh, uh, feel free to search <laughs> uh, like side effects of the COVID vaccine. The search engine will spew up so many different articles that will just just really. It's meant these articles are meant to provide uh, reassurance for people who are taking the vaccine, some type of disputed argument that uh, oh no, it doesn't change your DNA. No, people aren't testing positive for COVID. 19 after getting the vaccine no you know so forth and so forth no this is going to cause infertility no there's no um there's no evidence but but the issue is all these questions also kind of drive home that there's no evidence for them to say it doesn't as well so that's a lot of their argument it's like no there's no evidence that shows that it's going to make you infertile there's no evidence that it's going to increase your uh it's that it could lead to an what was it antibody dependent enhancement meaning that you die when you can't encounter the the wild virus but uh but that doesn't reassure me if there's no evidence to support yes or no on many 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 valid questions then i am not going to be uh, feeling too good if the FDA Q&A section of the COVID-19 vaccines uh, don't have any freaking data, <laughs> you know. Jeez. Uh, anyway, uh, that was a tangent. Next up, uh, I would like to play a small section from Dr. Simone Golds. Um, she spoke at uh, a church in Florida, and she did such a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. 56 minutes. Uh, I believe it's on Frontline Doctors as well. I have the links in the show notes. If you don't see it there, it's on my uh, Telegram channel. But I just want to play a small part, and I'm going to insert the clip, uh, uh, the audio clip in this podcast. You can also watch this in my Rumble channel. And... Um, it, it, yeah, so it'll just be audio version. So there's not going to be a uh, video of me or or Simone Gold, but the audio will be there, so you can so you can get both. However you want to consume the content, uh, feel free. More risk, right, to get rid of the disease, but vaccines are typically given to healthy people. Now, what's going to happen if you give this vaccine to 100 million people that are otherwise healthy? And they do have this antibody-dependent enhancement reaction because we haven't ruled it out. They do get exposed to the virus in the wild, and 30% of them drop. And what if, for example, you've given that vaccine to all of your healthcare workers, and you've given that vaccine to all of your military and all of your police officers? I find this shocking as a public policy matter that we would even consider giving, these, giving anything to our healthy first responders and, and frontline people who defend our country. I, I, it, it's, it's, it's so shocking in its, in its risk. It, it, I, 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 you see me, I'm struggling for the words. It's so shocking to accept that kind of risk. And again, I want to be not misquoted. I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen, but I'm saying based on prior SARS 
prior SARS COVID vaccine, prior SARS coronavirus vaccines, there is a definite concern for antibody dependent enhancement. This particular virus has very low lethality. Should you give it to healthy people? Not knowing the answer to that question is far too risky, in my opinion, from a national security perspective. You know, the more you dig into this stuff, the more upsetting it gets. So, I gave this talk only once before, about two weeks ago, and I approached the black community. I'd like to just talk straight and openly. I was well aware as a physician that African Americans and other black and brown minority persons had a natural antipathy towards vaccines. And I wanted to give them the science behind it. So I ended up digging deeply into that issue. So let me share some things that I knew some of these things, but I did not know most of these things prior to this year. Many of you in the room, I'm sure, have heard of the Tuskegee experiments. We all know that, okay? But there's a lot more than that. I was, I was curious as to why the antipathy was so strong. So let me give you some examples of where vaccines have gone wrong for black and brown people. So with the rubella vaccine, race and ethnicity were shown to affect the antibody responses like at a higher level than compared to Europeans. With the measles virus, I think many people in this room, um, they also had that same experience. With pertussis, it was also the same. With the inwheat, they also had the same problem with the measles. Haemophilus influenza also had the same difference in their response. And the hepatitis vaccine also had a similar different response amongst races, specifically white boys were 64% less likely to have autism diagnosis relative to non-white boys when they gave the hepatitis vaccine to babies. Now, literally as a physician, I did not know this, right? Here we have examples well documented in the scientific literature of six different vaccines that were affecting people differently based on their races. Now, why is this important? Because when you read the language that the government is putting out about how to prioritize the vaccine, the experimental biological agent, they are making an overt and covert attempt to push this heavily on blacks and browns. I'm going to give you some specific language because it is just shocking. Just bear with me one moment. Okay, the CDC is telling the public at large that getting an experimental vaccine is a good thing, but it's additionally telling black people that getting the vaccine is racial justice and it's an advantage. Now, this is from the centerforhealthsecurity.org Interim Framework for COVID-19 Vaccine Allocation and Distribution in the US. This is the government's words is that getting the vaccine early is social justice, racial justice. And I just have to say, as a scientist, I found it bizarre that we're talking about racial justice. Either something works scientifically or it doesn't. There might be racial differences in terms of dosages. We've seen that now in these prior six. But how is it racial justice to sign up first for an experimental biological agent that we don't know? <laughs> You know, in the same, in this, I believe it's the same document, yes, in the exact same document, they say, the ultimate safety of an approved vaccine is not knowable until it has been administered to millions of people. It is possible that certain adverse effects may occur more frequently in certain population subgroups, which may not be apparent until millions are vaccinated. Pharmacovigilance track and trace systems will provide critical information that will inform adjustments. To the, to the allocation. That literally is in the same document as let's give it to black folks first. I, I, you know, you can't even make this stuff up. <laughs> so, um, 
They also said that, so it was our words, the most disenfranchised members of society are to be vaccinated first. Their words, quote, racial and ethnic minorities, tribal, incarcerated, rural, disabilities, underinsured, people who work in school settings and nurses, and we must prioritize blacks and Latinos to reflect fairness and justice. Now, I, I just find this so incredibly offensive. We know exactly who falls from COVID-19. It's nursing home patients, it's people with 2.6 comorbidities per person is, is average. People over 75 are living in nursing homes. This is who should get the vaccine first if you believe the vaccine is safe and effective. That's it. And I feel very offended on this because you know, the people who they're gonna target first, honestly, are my friends, which are all the black nurses that I work with in the ERs, because I've spent my whole career in the inner city. And so they're all being told, you gotta line up, you gotta take this. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you're about 45 years old, 50 years old, you know, you're in good health, you're working every day. Why should you be prioritized? There's no actual increased risk to the healthcare worker. There, it, the risk, we know who it is. It's the 80 year old woman who's living in a nursing home, or man who's living in a nursing home, who's got bad heart, bad lungs, you know, diabetes, especially obesity is a big deal. Those people are at high risk, okay? It's not your 45 year old nurse. It's not your 35 year old cop, okay? And, and any other discussion I find very disingenuous. Now, in case you didn't you know, believe that, you, you went further into these documents and you find the language that like, they talk about targeting the black community by understanding their, their quote-unquote vaccine hesitancy based on these prior issues with prior vaccines in Tuskegee. But they have like actual policies. They say this is from hhs.gov, strategy for distributing COVID-19 vaccine. They say we have to focus on targeting key populations and communities to ensure maximum vaccine acceptance. And they talk about, and they quote the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation about how to manipulate the media and silence opposition to it. And then they put very you know, famous, handsome you know, celebrities saying that they're gonna take the vaccine, Obama being one of them. And it's very clear, it's just very, very clear what's going on. So I say to you as a scientist, do you want to be first? If you want to be first to volunteer yourself for track and trace system, enrolling yourself into a medical trial, I don't think I explained that clearly. Let me back up for one second. You, if you take the vaccine, you're being enrolled in a pharmacovigilance tracking system. It means you've enrolled yourself in a medical trial, which is fine if you want to be a good-hearted individual, very altruistic, and you want to enroll yourself into a medical trial, Fantastic. I can tell you as a physician, very, very few people do that, okay? But if you want to do that, that's fine. But you, most people are not aware that that's what they're doing. This pharmacovigilance tracking system tracks you for two years. It's set up by the Department of Defense. It was handed off to Oracle and Google to, to put the data together. How is it that people want to sign up for this system on an experimental, and how is giving it to black people fair racial justice? I don't know, maybe someone smarter than me can figure that out. Um, I also, it also put in, once I started reading these documents about, about what I thought was just pure racism in these documents, it kind of made it clearer to me why we were hearing so much about racial issues with COVID-19. In my experience as an ER doctor, I didn't see any real racial issues at all. We saw white people, Latino people, um, black people, every, you know, people got it. Basically, if you were old and frail and you got it, you know, you were sick but I never really saw a racial difference, and that's not true. There are other things, obviously, that have racial differences. So I remember thinking, this is weird. You know, AOC would get forward and say, oh, well, you know, it's really bad against black people. This is terrible, and it's discrimination and all that. Here's what I want to say to that. It's true that in, there are many areas where black people were disproportionately affected by COVID-19. So an example I like to use was in New Orleans, Louisiana, where blacks made up 31% of the population, but they made up 70% of the people admitted to the hospital with COVID-19. So on the left, they were saying this was because of racism. But when you look at the data, there does not yet appear, and I think never will appear, to be an independent race, to be an independent risk factor, right? We know what makes people really sick. It's diabetes and obesity primarily, and then you know, other serious medical problems. Now, also living in a very crowded area, working in a very crowded area. The reason I don't think this is ever gonna be shown to be a race problem, race problem, is things that you just know by common sense. One is, it's been all over the world, all races. Okay, we can just start with that. Second is in areas of the world where people are 
have those high individual risk factors like diabetes or obesity and other illnesses, and the group risk factors such as living and working in tight quarters, it's not black people that get it at a worse rate, it's those people in those situations. So in Louisiana, it was black people, but in the UK, it was Middle Eastern and East Asian. In other words, the people living in those crowded, dense areas that had diabetes, those are the people. It didn't matter what the race was, it just mattered if you, if you had those individual or group risk factors. And of course, the irony of saying that this is really a racial problem is looking at the continent of Africa. For those of you who don't know it, the one continent that's been spared is Africa, except South Africa, but the rest of Africa is, you know, the death rates you know, in Africa are extraordinarily low. For those of you who don't know this or haven't followed me yet on Twitter at America's Frontline Doctors, there's a lot of videos. One of my favorite is a talk we gave on Sub-Saharan Africa because people just don't know this. So in America, the death rates are in the like 800 range per million. In India, the death rates are around, if, I might be slightly off on the numbers, around 70 per million, right? So it's 10% because they have a very liberal hydroxychloroquine policy. In Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, the poorest places in the world, no social distancing, no masks, no ICUs. They have a death rate of 1% of the Western nations. 1%, 1%, right? Now, I believe it's due to widely available hydroxychloroquine. I don't think you can explain it for any other reason. But even if there's another reason, you certainly can't say that this affects black people worse. <laughs> All right, she brought up some really good points, a, different, a lot of different perspectives that I think about, um, but uh, it makes a lot of sense. She makes a lot of sense, and it would be fine if people disagreed with her, but she's not even allowed to speak. Uh, I think I covered this earlier. She was arrested for going into the Capitol, but guess what? The police were letting people in in several of those entrances, and so what are you supposed to think? You think uh, maybe they're directing the crowd there to address them? Who knows? I mean, so it was a it was it was staged anyway. So the uh, so the several of the points, the frontline doctors and nurses and. Uh, practitioners, whoever's uh, dealing with this stuff the most, and they don't even have a good education when it comes to natural health as well. So, uh, and they're, they're listening to the mainstream narrative about everything. So, a lot of these people are completely brainwashed, and they're not going to even know there's anything uh, that is scientifically that they can do to prevent and make themselves healthier. They just think life is this big random uh, thing, and you just, you know, you die basically because you, you know genetic destiny or whatever other destiny there is um, and they have to listen to their concrete authority figures and so they think that uh, you know they're they're risky uh, they're risking their lives every day they go to work and all those things so so these people are are very exposed because they're a lot of them not not all of them I, I believe in New York at least the one uh, statistic I saw was that 40% uh, of the people uh, who work in hospitals did not want to take the vaccine, and we're, we're not going to, uh, for you know good reason. It's an experiment, uh, and let's not uh, forget or lose sight of that. There's almost there's very little data, and the data they do ha do have is also uh, forged and fraudulent. In in my opinion, because they played around with the numbers way too much, uh, it's for me to take any of them seriously, just like they did with the COVID. Uh, cases and uh, and deaths. So I can't take the, those numbers seriously because they have no oversight. There's no uh, standard procedure uh, that they're operating on, which uh, quick, I'll take a quick step back. That is what Cuomo over in New York is blaming on uh, not reporting the data correctly is that well we didn't get the uh, we didn't get enough clear directions from the government. It's always someone else's fault how he runs the state. Very interesting that he wouldn't think to report honestly because he wasn't told to by the Trump administration. Uh, and next, he's going to blame climate change for the numbers being off and racism and uh, and rich people, even though he's a rich person. That's this is the uh, this is the playbook. Anyway, so she did a great job. Uh, Africa. I mean, that's that's a great thing to bring up when people say that this virus affects uh, certain people more. The only reason, like she brought up, uh, these people are being affected more is because 
of where they are and their lifestyle. That's basically what the, what she said is that their lifestyle and their health were big factors. And uh, surprise, surprise, a lot of minorities and uh, minority computer, uh, communities have poor lifestyles because they don't know how to be healthy and they because they're taught by the government how to be sick, basically sick and dependent. And, um, and so that's what they become. They become sick and dependent on the government, which is what they want. This whole thing, I mean, a lot, so many different things um, they're, they're trying to drive for, and one of them is dependence. So they try to knock everyone down for a fake virus, or not exactly fake, but a virus, a fake reaction to a virus, pretending that it's deadlier than it is, and pretending that the NIH, the National Institute of Health, doesn't have already a good amount of research on how to prevent viruses, and, uh, and that we need some uh, you know, unicorn vaccine uh, product who's not even I don't even think it's a vaccine because as, as you'll read in the FDA uh, Q&A that this <laughs> unlike traditional vaccines this one makes your body produce the viral uh, spike from coronavirus so from the coronavirus or the SARS-CoV-2 virus in other words it's not actually inoculating against the virus it's making you create the virus in the hopes that and it did, it did actually use that that phrase hoped. It used the word hope on the FDA. This is supposed to be science, and on the FDA Q and A, uh, that that they're trying to help uh, squash vaccine hesitancy. They use the verbiage of hope and and <laughs> and they repeatedly say no data there's no data there's no data on this there's no data on that well then you have lost my confidence as a person who just ran into that page you know as anyone who who wants to be reassured by the FDA that page with anyone with a you know a couple brain cells and uh, the ability to not see these people as infallible gods, you know these these the CDC, NIH, Fauci—they're not infallible. They've made mistakes a dozen. Well, they make—they don't even make mistakes. They—they're purposely lying, uh, and they have changed their mind publicly uh, a million times. The, the Fauci just—I mean, just to recap, Fauci, and I believe I have a clip here as well of him admitting that there is uh, about the PCR test. But anyway. He went from no mask to mask to uh, mask and goggles to two masks to uh, one mask, back to one mask. And now he's back at two masks. And uh, so that's six different changing of positions and altering of positions on just one tiny subject of mask or face covering. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'll just, I'll just interject this clip right here. So the PCR test, you already know it's a load of garbage, but here's the clip, if, if I didn't play it for you already, of uh, Fauci admitting that these tests are, are fraudulent and they just throw, uh, they just throw false positives, uh, you know, all the time. So let me add this clip. If you get a cycle threshold of 35 or more, 35 or more, 35 or more, that the chances of it being replication competent are minuscule. So I think if somebody does come in with 37, 38, even 36, you got to say, you know, it's just, it's just dead nucleotides, period. All right, and the, in the clip, if it, this will actually show up in the video, by the way. If you go to Rumble, you can see that, but uh, not, not necessary. So um, in the clip, they show the different cycles that uh, different labs use for the PCR test. And uh, I believe in the clip, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he said anything above 35, it's just dead nucleotides. I, I don't think he meant to rhyme, and I didn't mean to rhyme. But anyway, uh, Quest uses 50 cycles. Uh, in BIOS uses 45. And Luminex uses 45 cycles. Um, this is the amplifications. Uh, and Nomingen, Nomingen uh, uses 39. Thermo Fisher uses 37. So that is one, two, three, four, five, five labs that uh, did however many tests that are completely bogus and had nothing to do with uh, trying to get an accurate measure of the pandemic. 
So, uh, so yeah, so that's a good one uh, to play people there, you know, when they think, uh, well, you know, a lot of people are going to be hanging on to their illusion. Uh, and I see this all the time, uh, even on the internet as well. Like people, even if you provide a ton of data, a ton of studies and everything to back up what you're saying, uh, they will just ignore it. I mean, that's, that's kind of how it is. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a, a delusion that they want to keep. So the, the next thing that I have for you is, yes, the CDC. So in more good news, the CDC is legally has to provide documentation, uh, again, towards the uh, overreporting of deaths. So this is, again, so, this, so many things are falling apart right now. I think it's a great thing. Uh, it seems to be happening faster while Trump is out of office, I believe a lot of places were waiting for that because they can't say this. They, the usual scapegoat, uh, besides climate change, racism, white supremacy, uh, other forms of racism, sexism, was Trump. And so, by, by him being out of the office, they had they have one less scapegoat to use. But I mean, well, they're still they're, well, they're still using uh, Trump as a scapegoat. But uh, there is this. Uh, what do you call it? A uh, what is it? IPAC or something? It is okay. Some and it's in the article that I have linked below. Some bipartisan group or uh, research group uh, said that the COVID numbers are are fraudulent and they need to be investigated. The CDC needs to be investigated, and that the CDC illegally enacted new rules for data collection, uh, which led to a inflation of COVID-19 fatalities by 1,600%. That is a lot. That's, that's very fraudulent. And, um, oh, here it is. It is for, from the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge. That's who did the study. And uh, they are demanding or asking or going the legal route for the, uh, and asking the CDC to provide documentation of certain proceedings that they were supposed to do before they changed how uh, coroners uh, do the paperwork for deaths. Now, this was reported a long time ago. People were saying, hey, why are we counting deaths differently than we've ever done before? Normally, we put all these comorbidities, we, all, these, all these other factors for death. And, and, and one uh, champion of that uh, argument was uh, Senator Scott Jensen, I believe, uh, another hero from, from uh, who, who's actually in government, who is a doctor and a, and, and a governor or something like that. Doctor and a governor or senator, I'm not sure. Uh, but he does, he, he's a double threat, and, um, and he was speaking up about it. He said that uh, you don't do this, you don't write on the death certificates, uh, died from COVID-19. Uh, you, you say, if anything, you say with, but you would name the, the real reasons why they died. Did their, their, did their heart fail? You know, how did they actually die? Not this mysterious new uh, virus that uh, you can't call the Wuhan virus, even though you can call... Uh, viruses, uh, wherever they come from, the Zika virus, you can call it the Spanish flu, you can call it um, you know, whatever other, wherever other viruses uh, have, are named after locations, but you but can't call this one Wuhan virus because, you know, China doesn't like it, and they paid for a lot of media companies. Uh, and this is just a side note, and uh, I believe the last thing that I will end this video or a podcast on Oh, well, I guess uh, I'll speak about one, one funny thing. Okay, one funny, not funny thing. Okay, so on Mercola.com, a good website. I don't agree with all the health information he has there, but he's very brilliant and he does a lot of good work and he's very good for your community. And that's people should disagree and have conversations about the differences, not uh, yelling matches. But anyway. So over in Marcola, uh, Marcola.com is being attacked. I'm sure it's getting attacked all the time, but it's getting attacked and uh, by similar groups who who just recently attacked the High Wire. I recommend both those sites. Definitely check out the episodes in the High Wire. Very entertaining and informative. 
Uh, so a week or two ago, the Hirewire was attacked by um, a, a fake group called the uh, Center for uh, for Anti-Discrimination Digital Hate, blah, 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 uh, whatever name they, they uh, thought tested well with audiences. Um, so they were attacked, Highwire was attacked because they used a payment protection plan from the government. So they uh, helped, so they needed help from the government to help protect their employees when so many people are, are affected by the lack of spending from the fake pandemic and the lockdown restrictions that are also unnecessary and damaging. So practically, you know, a ton of companies took advantage of this triple P program. Uh, Marcola, Mercola, uh, did the same thing and also attacked by the same group, the Digital Hate, um, Digital Hate Group. Where is that? You know what? Do I have it here? I do not have it. Let me pause it and get for you that name. Here we go. So, uh, let's see. Digital, yeah, UK-based center for countering digital hate. Interesting name. Uh, and they don't seem to do anything about hate. Uh, weird. So, uh, so, th so this company, this uh, this thing is is basically one a couple people, and they're using their name once again, just the name. You know, it, I don't care if it's called Center for Countering Digital Hate. What does it actually do? And um, and so it, it seems to just be attacking people who voice valid concerns about vaccines like the Highwire and the Mercola, especially for this vaccine, which is experimental. So um, so what's interesting is that since they've been attacked Mercola, uh, Mercola goes right back and attacks uh, and, and brings up a good point. Not attacking, but he's like, hey, um, Forbes is writing an article uh, that says that the Mercola shouldn't be using the payment protection plan because they don't like the vaccine, which is a pharmaceutical product, which is weird because they're acting like you're, it's against the government. So I guess they're kind of admitting that the government and big pharma is the same thing. And if you go against big pharma, you go against the government and you shouldn't uh, take any government aid. And uh, so then Mercola uh, lets the audience know and whoever reads the article is that Forbes is a Chinese owned my, my majority, 95% owned by China. Is Forbes. Forbes was Forbes was bought a while ago. Let's see, when was I don't. Know, it, I'm sure it says it in the article. Forbes was bought a, a while ago. Ninety-five percent uh, of the of the stock was bought by China, and they also took the PPP funds. So, what is a Chinese company doing taking funds from an Amer from the American government? So, I think that's a more valid argument and and honestly i think that's a gotcha that that's like a hundred percent like knockout punch oh here it is 2014 that in 2014 95 percent of the controlling interest in forbes was bought by china uh, by a chinese company so interesting stuff i think this narrative is falling apart uh, especially because the china is now doing some some okay there so, sometimes it is hard for me to talk about because it's just so ridiculous so now they're doing anal swabs for testing for the covid19 uh or the wuhan virus and uh and so they're doing that to their citizens and they're you know making it mandatory so not this is degrading it's unnecessary what happened to the nasal thing was like like that's this is obviously a show of power and this is what they I believe this is what they do uh, you know chimpanzees do to, um, to, to to display dominance this is what the Chinese government's doing I don't know if the US government is going to be trying to do that uh, garbage but uh, it's not I mean Americans have to draw a line somewhere I would hope the line uh, you know, would have been drawn a long time ago, but at least it should be cut off at your butthole. Uh, that is my, that's my opinion. Uh, I guess, I think you should draw a line way before it comes to your butthole, but um, in this case, that, at least don't let them pass that line and get that swab in, uh, in your ass. Anyway, 
So this has been my uh, Mad World update. It's uh, ridiculous. It's you know, I, I'm I'm doing another form of uh, self therapy uh, that I, I recommend. Uh, it's called EFT. I'm going to be coming out with a video soon uh, about that. The EFT, the emotional freedom technique, sounds very woo wooey, but if it's good enough for victims of natural disasters and and uh, veterans who have post-traumatic stress disorder, then I think it's good enough for me. So uh, I mean, it, just, it, it works for some fundamental reasons and it's easy. So I'm going to be helping and showing my audience that, uh, yes. And so this is the end of the episode. Feel free to share um, the episode. I think uh, some very good topics to discuss with your friends, your neighbors, strangers. Uh, take care and I think Things are looking up. All right, so that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening and sharing. So the links down below, besides the references, the different articles that I have drawn from and told you about and have uh, shared with you, besides those, those other ones are affiliate links. So Equa.life is an affiliate link, so you can use that to purchase the best uh, natural supplement products that are that I've know of, and uh, and can help support you to make some really drastic changes as they have for me, and uh, and my clients, and so and my family, and and so it's they're great products. Feel free to uh, use them or ask which ones are appropriate for you. Not everything is going to be, uh, you know, good for you at this specific moment. You know, there's a, a hierarchy to what applies to um, which ones you should get. So with that being said, if you use any of the links and make a purchase and you want additional uh, health coaching support, then you can email me the proof of purchase. And this is because, uh, quite honestly, the link seems to break with certain browsers. So, um, so this is to help support the show and my effort to help people not have to suffer from needlessly from uh, chronic diseases. We can do better, we, we know better, we have the science, we have the ability to have much better lives, pain-free lives. Uh, and more than that, we have the ability to have wonderful lives and I think we should all strive for that and help our fellow neighbors and families and, and, uh, and our fellow human being do the same thing. Uh, so spread the good word and I'll see you on the next week.